Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm John the Hood. Cap is off today. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for watching this show and all the shows here on ESPN Chicago. This is not just a Thursday, y'all. This is a Deal Breakers Thursday. We'll give you Deal Breakers coming up at 835 right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Deal Breakers, so unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment on Deal breakers just a question on whether or not something is or is not a deal breaker tune in at 8 35 for that right here on cap and j hood so it's official i mean it's official official we have heard the the rumor and innuendo we've heard that it's going to happen and now it is going to happen chicago bears by arlington international race course for possible stadium the team said that it has completed its purchase for the 326-acre site for $200 million as it continues negotiations for state and local tax subsidies. That's what Fran Spielman from the Sun-Times this morning. I see that this morning when I open up my uh, computer here this morning, and I see that the Bears are going to move to Arlington Heights. Sure, there's still some hurdles to go. But the point is, though, is that this whole stadium deal is going to happen. And I know for some people, when you think about the Chicago Bears traditionally over the years, generationally, it has been about going to Soldier Field, getting up early, making sure that you got everything you need as far as beverages, food, everything that you need to get ready for an awesome tailgate. And then from there, it probably goes downhill because you actually had to go into the stadium to watch Bears football. Sometimes the highlight of going to the Bears games is just being able to be with friends and family or people that you don't know and having a conversation about whatever in the parking lot at Soldier Field. Just having that conversation going back and forth and talking about what's going on in life, what's going on with this Bears team. And then the reality sets in that you actually got to watch the football team. And it's only because the Bears a lot of times has underachieved, as you well know. Very few times in my lifetime have I seen the Bears in the playoffs, not just in the playoffs, but actually doing something in the playoffs, being able to move forward. But there is value of getting to the playoffs. That's cool. But you just it's so few and far in between, though, as you well know. But let me just tell you that I, as a Bears fan, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about what's new with this Bears team. It's not just here in Chicago. It's all over the place. At every turn, when they talk about the NFL, people are wondering, what's happening with the Chicago Bears? There's some movement there with the Chicago Bears. There's some noise happening with the blue and orange. You have a new president, Kevin Warren. You say, that can't happen. I mean, for years, it's just been a McCaskey in there or there's going to be, you know, a, a Ted Phillips in there. 
Nothing's going to change with the Chicago Bears. Actually, things have changed with the Chicago Bears, and I believe for the better, because Kevin Warren is the new president of this Bears team. Then you have Ryan Poles in his second year as general manager. The jury's still out on Ryan Poles. I will not just say the Claypool deal is the end. This is who Poles is. He puts that Claypool out there. He didn't do anything this past season. What's going on with this? I think, again, he's still new at the position as well as a first-time general manager, now in his second year. Justin Fields, who we'll hear from later on, Justin Fields has been making the rounds during the Super Bowl, also during the playoffs and doing a lot of interviews, and he's very interesting because when you think of Justin Fields, you see someone who is a raw talent, has an opportunity to do a lot of great things for this Bears team, but we haven't seen it yet. Yes, we've seen him run with the football. Yes, we've seen some glimpses, but I know for me as a Bears fan, I cannot wait to see how Justin Fields is able to develop with talent around him. Difference-making talent, difference-making offensive line, difference-making playmakers that can be able to help move this team in the right direction. You and I both know that when you watch football, it's an offensive league. Uh, We can talk about LT and we can talk about the 85 Bears and talk about the 2000 Ravens and talk about how strong those defenses are. Ultimately, though, when it comes to football today in 2023, the only thing has changed is that it's a vertical passing league. It's all about offense. The officials, the NFL, everybody's in on it. It's all about the about the offense. And Justin Fields makes me excited about what the future brings to this team. I haven't felt less way about a quarterback uh, since, let me think, last time I felt this way about a Bears quarterback is, uh, whew, never. That's how good Justin Fields is. And then, of course, everyone's talking about the number one pick. The number one pick for the Chicago Bears and what the Bears are going to do with it. And, of course, the cap space, the ability to be able to spend uh, and spend wisely for the future of this team. But on top of that, the future is even brighter because the Bears have a new stadium. And so for me, going to Bears games at Soldier Field, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was fine. But it wasn't a great experience. It certainly is not a great experience for me. Once you get there, it's fine. But then the whole thing of doing the, um, the Penguin Walk from one side to the other to try to get into the stadium and then the amenities, all that, it is time for something new. Just like it's time for something new with the president of the Bears, something new with the general manager, something new with the quarterback position. Some people are traditionalists, and they just love tradition. Just having the same old, same old. That way they can bitch about it. You know what? I'm not like that. I'm all for whatever's new and different. And with this Bears team, it has been just the old relic over there on the lakefront. And the, and the football's playing like an old relic, tired not being able to move the football down the field offensively. Just the same breath, the same meat and potatoes that we've seen for generations. Run the football, play defense. It's time for something new. And I think that with this Bears team, that's going to be great. But ultimately, I'm looking forward to this new stadium. As a lifelong Southsider and living in this city, I know where Soldier Field is. I've been there plenty of times for concerts and for, um, for football and other events. Cool. But I cannot wait to see what this new stadium looks like. Even as someone who appreciates the history of the Bears, I can't wait for the Bears to turn the page on something new. I'll ask you, though, as someone that has been going to Soldier Field for a long time, are you looking forward to the new stadium? Are you going? You you hear this, and again, I don't know what to believe, but we have some callers on ESPN Chicago that will chime in and say, you know, I've been going to Soldier Soldier Field all my life. 
there's no way I'm going to Arlington Heights to see the Chicago Bears. I'm not going to the suburbs to see the Bears. Those are the people that just uh, love to just hang on to tradition. They love to hang on to the past. And right now, I'm here to talk about what's happening for now and the future. You can talk about the past memories and great moments you had at Soldier Field as a fan. But isn't it time? Isn't it time for you to be able to park your car, leave your coat in the car, and be able to just go into the stadium and enjoy? There's no more Bears weather. There's never really been Bears weather. But when it's going to be inside of a dome, uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to see what that looks like. Because I've never seen that in my lifetime as a Bears fan with the Chicago Bears, with that being their home stadium. So for Mayor Lightfoot, who said that this is never going to happen, and said that the Bears have to just worry about being relevant through October, guess what? Uh, on the city's watch, the Bears are moving to Arlington Heights, and I can't wait for that. Then there's this from the Chicago White Sox with Mike Clevenger. So have you seen this story? about? Uh, because Jesse Rogers, who will be with us at 930, uh, had a full review of what's going on with Mike Clevenger. The piece is entitled, Mike Clevenger Addresses Domestic Violence Allegations, says to wait for actual facts. So the 32-year-old right-hander, Clevenger, signed a $12 million one-year contract with the Chicago White Sox. In an Instagram post back on January 24th, Olivia Feinstad said that she is the mother of Clevenger's child and alleged that he fathered two other children who were not hers. She posted a photo of marks on her body with accompanying words that alleged that the injuries were from when he threw an iPad at me when I was pregnant. And then finally, he strangled me. Now, here's the rub with this. Obviously, the allegations are disgusting. If it's true, domestic violence allegations on the part of Olivia Feinstein back on January 24th on Instagram. Here's the rub for me. This is not an incident that happened yesterday. This happened quite a while ago. And Clevenger, according to Jesse, Clevenger indicated that he's actually been under investigation for seven months, going back to his time as a member of the San Diego Padres. A.J. Preller is the president of baseball operations. He wouldn't answer if and when the team knew about it. But it goes back that far. So here's my whole thing with this. And let's hear from Rick Hahn about this, because Rick Hahn talks about the confidentiality and not knowing of the Clevenger situation. Even though I just told you, Rick Hahn says this. I will say that the confidentiality element to this policy is essential in order to protect not just players, but also those who feel aggrieved to give them the ability to come forward and express that there's an issue and to allow for an investigation to take place. Part of that confidentiality is that other clubs don't know about it. There was no way for us to be aware of this incident without someone being in violation of that policy, and no one was, uh, which, again, is part of the strength of the policy, and it's how it operates. You know, Rick Hahn is trying to uh, try to toe the line here about what Major League Baseball wants as far as the investigation, but Clevenger's still with the team. He's still at spring training with the White Sox. Now, Clevenger spoke about this as well. Are you confident you'll be fully exonerated? I'm confident. I am. Any idea on a timeline from from anyone? I have no idea. I'm going to leave it. uh, If you have more questions about baseball, I got to leave. I mean, I'm I'm advised by MLB and my lawyers to wait till the investigation's over. I keep going on. I'll, I'll be able to talk about this 
a sooner uh, in the future date. I just can't. I can't talk about it right now. I'm just not. I'm not allowed to. So the thoughts there from Mike Clevenger talking to Jesse Rogers and the press about this whole thing of Mike Clevenger, a fifth starter with this White Sox team, addressing the domestic violence allegations. Now, I'm one, and I'm sure that you might be as well, someone that's not tolerant of any domestic violence, man on woman, woman on man, just the idea that you're putting your hands on someone. I just, I, I mean, for me, it's something I've talked about a lot in my career. I can't, I have no stomach for it at all. But again, these are allegations. But I guess the more overarching topic with the White Sox is this, is that the White Sox clearly knew what was going on with Mike Clevenger because, as Jesse reported, this happened while he was with the San Diego Padres system. Unless the White Sox are not doing their due diligence, I think many knew that was going on with Mike Clevenger uh, in his personal life behind the scenes. Now, again, this Instagram post comes out on January 24th, but as Jesse reported, this is something that the that – the White Sox, the Padres, I'm sure some other teams knew about, but yet Clevenger is on this team. It's the same White Sox team that allowed uh, Jose Abreu, the leader of this team, to go elsewhere. The same White Sox team that uh, grossly underachieved at 500 last year because you just had to upgrade Rick Renneria, which is fine, but you upgraded to the point of getting to the playoffs, getting bounced, and then, of course, right back to 500, right back down to earth and being a non-playoff team. The idea that Tony La Russa is the manager for this White Sox team, where it was not a Rick Hahn choice, it was a Jerry Reinsdorf choice. You see how that worked out. He was a manager, uh, La Russa 2.0, for a year and a half. Uh, where's the World Series rings? Where's the championships? Uh, it, it has not happened under La Russa. And now you take a look at this whole thing with the, the White Sox, with Mike Clevenger, it's just par for the course. When you want some good news at 35th and Beck, something that you can look forward to, this Clevenger thing happens. Because you just had to have Clevenger, even though the White Sox, I'm sure other Major League Baseball teams knew, there was some, some kind of investigation. Do you have to win so badly that this guy is on your roster? And I guess the whole point is, is that if there is any controversy that you know of around a player, do you have to have him on your roster? That's the whole question. I'm not saying that Clevenger did this or what he did not do. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you have knowledge of a player, and it might be a red flag for some, especially in the organization, uh, maybe he shouldn't be on your roster. Just a thought. Same White Sox team, though, that continues to struggle to find their footing from a PR standpoint, also from an on-the-field standpoint. You've got to be able to turn this around. And I'm not speaking for just White Sox Twitter. What I'm speaking for is having an organization that's sound, a cornerstone for Major League Baseball, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Mike Clevenger and having him on this team is not a step in the right direction, just based on the red flags around him and the red flags around the story. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We'll take your phone calls here on this uh, Deal Breakers Thursday. Also still to come, we'll talk a little bit about sports in 2023. Because there might be a glaring hole when it comes to the face of sports in 2023, not just here, but everywhere. We'll talk about that. And also your thoughts about the Bears. The Bears have finalized the site of their new stadium. Are you excited about football in the suburbs? So the question I will have for you is this. Are you going to the new stadium? Once it opens, will you, if you're a season ticket holder, are you going? If you're a Bears fan, are you going? You're a traditionalist. You've been going to Soldier Field for a long time. Now what? 
You're going to go to the stadium? Let's talk about that coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Cap and Jay Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. What's going on today in the animal kingdom? Chips throwing feces? Wild boars snacking on faces? Terry boars. Cougar on the loose? Yes, sir. Perhaps some horny mammals humping? Let's find out together. Animal Stories on Captain Jaber on ESPN 1000. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap is off today. Jay Hood with you here. Still to come, we got shot or no shot at 8 o'clock. But first, we've got an animal story. And tell us what's going on. Nephew Shay's got an animal story. What do we have today, Shay? Yeah, it's a uh, home in Malaysia where an emergency crew had been called. Uh, the residents there had reportedly been hearing disruptive noises at night coming from their attic. We've all experienced this to some extent. When I was a kid um, in my childhood home, we had bats in our attic. We were hearing noises at night. So uh, my dad, I think, opened one of the doors to the attic and a bat flew out. So he'd open the window, bat flies out the window. You get things taken care of. Uh-huh. Not a, this a, family. A bat flying out the window. Yeah, okay. You know, things happen. Was it an aunt or was it a cousin? Uh, nephew. <laughs> yeah. It was my cousin, okay. so my dad's nephew. Okay, that's fine. All right. I mean, just just, just random bats in Michigan, yeah. I, I, in the attic. How did they get Big in thing. there? I, I couldn't tell you. I think we've had squirrels in our garage attic at my oh, childhood my home before. You know, these things happen, though. This is something, if you live out in places like this, you have to deal with a little bit of animals in the in the attic, in the roof of your home. Yes. Well, in Malaysia, this happened. I, I, People had been hearing noises, and it sounded like animals at night. So they called emergency services, and a crew came out, and a part of the roof collapsed, and out fell three mating full-grown pythons. Oh, my God. Okay, so what's the first sign of this? Because if you're hearing it not for the first time, that sounds like if they've been up there, they've been up there a while. They didn't come up there just on the day of they found them, right? They had they had to be up there for quite a while, I think. This is the part I don't how how do the snakes get up there? Like if they're up there for a long time or not, probably because they were mating. And the scariest thing is if they're laying eggs up in your uh, attic, then you're just going to continue to have pythons growing up there. You don't even know about. Pardon the expression. Go ahead. Well, you know, but that's how, how do they get up there? How are there snakes in your attic? I looked into this, and apparently it's happened elsewhere. I saw a family in Georgia uh, a year ago, I think maybe 2021, put in a complaint with their landlord because they had water damage in their roof, and they were worried that the ceiling was going to collapse. Yeah. Well, the ceiling did collapse, and out fell three snakes, full-grown, big-ass snakes hanging out of their ceiling. Okay, all right, so... Here's what I'm thinking. Again, we have not seen outside the home. We only saw the video of inside the home where these big, big Monty Pythons are just falling from the ceiling. Okay, so I'm thinking that around the area of the home, there's got to be like a grassy field, right? That's not just a residential home where it's just a, you know, bunch of row houses across there and all of a sudden a snake just happens to come to your attic. There's got to be some kind of you know, wildlife outside of it. I'm, I'm imagining that in Malaysia. I don't see that in Georgia. 
I'm thinking that that's where it comes from, right? It's got to be like jungle something, especially for pythons. I don't think pythons can exist anywhere in North America, but like you have to be living adjacent a jungle and they somehow track their way into your attic without you knowing. Just what uh, do you do if this is your home yeah. and snakes, full grown, oh like zoo, big ass snakes yeah. fall out of your roof? I'm selling the house. I got to move. Yes. Yeah. That, the first thing I'm thinking is, is that I can't live there anymore. Only because of that. I'll always think about those snakes. Jay Moore, if I have snakes that's in my attic, right, and that they're discovered, like it's one thing to have them removed. But am I coming back? Am I coming back to that house? No. Thinking that, I think that like after that, aren't I'm, I'll put a stick in the ground so quickly, you make your head spin. Boom. Sold. That's what I would be doing. I mean, quickly. I'm burning the place down, man. Forget it's <laughs> sold. That's like no, no, no. We, I, honey, we got to get out of here. Um, listen, I would sell this house, but I'm nervous that we're going to sell it to somebody, and then pythons will attack them. We're going to burn the place to the ground. That's what we're going to do here. No, we're not burning it to the ground. I need to get some money for this, and it's going. Hey, we're going to make sure we take care of the floors. We take care of the the ceiling. Nothing ever happened here. It's like a if there was a murder in a home. Nope, nothing's ever happened in this in this place. It's just a beautiful home. See, look at the flowers out front. Everything's fine when there was a grizzly murder in there, and you find out on Dateline too late that you are you're in a home where someone got murdered. Same thing with the animals. If there is a python. That's in my home, multiple ones. Like, there's no way I can live there because that's the first thing I think of. When I walk in, I'll have this feeling like, are there snakes above me? Do I have snakes above me? Now, I'll ask you, so squirrels, snakes, what's more frightening in your, in your attic? What's more frightening? Snakes. Squirrels, whatever. Squirrels you can kind of deal with. You just got to, you know, get an exterminator in, take care of business, get them out. Snakes? Snakes, but they slither. They're not coming after you as quickly as a like an angry squirrel. Dude, snakes are scary. If you watch some some like Animal Planet hit stuff, the, these things. I mean, they jump. They they're quick. The snakes are terrifying. You say snakes jump? They're venomous, like a squirrel. A squirrel bites you. You probably got to go to the hospital to get the rabies shot. Yeah. You got to get things taken care of. Snake, you have to then deal with the psychological trauma of a snake attack. That, you know, I think, well, definitely if it's a squirrel, it, it frightens you, right? But a snake is kind of like he slithers out and it, it frightens you. Do you, I run away, but then the squirrel would come after me, though. He'd drop off the ceiling, then try to come after me. Be very, I'll be but very it's a squir- Like, I feel like I can take care of a squirrel. Snake? That's not a full, like a python? I can't do a python. Jay Moore, it's not like a bunny. Let's say you're in the kitchen in a refrigerator. A okay. snake just come out of the ceiling and wrap around your neck and just start choking you. Slow. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> That's the end of my life. That's it. You're done. <laughs> so you're saying that he just kind of slowly comes behind you and just starts wrapping his... Right. You think it's yeah. your wife. You're like, hey, baby. <laughs> Pretty sure I would know it's not my wife. Listen. <laughs> Boy, you're a little aggressive, honey. Oh, man. Hey, baby. Oh, no! I can't breathe! Help me! Christ! God! Help me! Frank! Damn it! Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, squirrels can't do that. That's true. The only anaconda I need in my house is in my bed. A shot or no shot in two minutes. That's a garden snake, by the way. That's why I say. 
No Shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I see him Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Jay Hood. Cap is off today. Open phone lines as always for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number here on the Deal Breakers Thursday. Deal Breakers comes your way at 835. But right now it's time for Shot or No Shot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right, well, let's start with the story of the day regarding the Bears. Uh, they officially closed on the Arlington Park property yesterday, Hoodie, and the office of the mayor released a statement. It said, quote, now that the land deal is closed, we have an even better opportunity to continue making the business case as to why the Bears should remain in Chicago and why adaptations to Soldier Field can meet and exceed the Bears' future needs. Yep. Shot or no shot, this is the denial stage of grief. Uh, that is a shot. And it's been like that for a long time. One thing that Mayor Lightfoot did not take into account is the power of the National Football League. Have no understanding that if the NFL wants the Bears to move heaven and earth, they're going to move heaven and earth. She has no idea the power of the NFL. To the point where she thought, there's no way that I'm going to lose the Bears out of Chicago. There's no way. But again, the Park District, you tell me, the Park District is more powerful than we know. You know, as much as we would like to see new things at Soldier Field, it's just, it's just not going to happen because the Park District is that strong. And so here we go. The Bears going to Chicago, going to Arlington Park. I still believe, though, Shade, that there's going to be an AFC Chicago team in here. And, and it's going to be sooner than later, quite frankly. They, you see this in Los Angeles. You see this in the state of Texas with multiple teams. You see this in New York slash New Jersey. In this market, the NFL wants to be able to capitalize and cash in twice. The 12 o'clock game and the 325 game. There's going to be the Chicago Amazons or whatever the team is going to be. There's going to be another team in Chicago. And, 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 and by the way, people say, well, there's no way that the Bears will. It ain't what the Bears want. It's what the NFL wants. They're going to want to hit this market twice. And at some point, there's going to be a second team here. And they're going to play at Soldier Field. AFC team here would be nice, by the way, because then the Patriots would come to town a little more often. Also, have to add in here, because this statement from the uh, mayor's office was so great, the adaptations to Soldier Field portion included a misspelling. It says (laughs) verbatim, the Bears should remain in Chicago and why adaptations to Solider Field can meet and exceed all of the Bears' future needs. <laughs> Just A-plus work. I had Solider Field, uh, but the reason why I had Solider Field is because I had Mexican last night. That was my Solider Field. Six out of ten. I don't need your grade scale, pal. The audience says, says the story there. It's not bad. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, man. That uh, she didn't write that. Somebody in her office wrote that. Statement from mayor's office spokesperson is how this is linked. <laughs> I mean, she didn't write that. But, I mean, come on, man. This is where people lose faith. I'll just I'll stop right there, Shay. But that's when people lose faith. I mean, a, a, whatever you think of Soldier Field, Soldier Field, Solider Field. Come on, bro. Just one of those things, man. If you are, are going to release a statement with the office of the mayor of the city of Chicago stamped on it, proofread. That's all we're asking. You got to proofread. It's not me sending a tweet. Like, I can screw up a tweet. Hood, <laughs> you can screw up a tweet. Yeah, no question. When you are putting out a statement from the mayor's office of the city of Chicago, Stop. proofread the statement. Solder Field. 
Maybe they thought that's how it's spelled. <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. Young young person is like, solid or field, huh? Mm, okay. There you go. Finished. No, it's not finished. My God, man. It just makes everybody look bad. All right, Shay, what else do we have? Well, the White Sox opened camp yesterday. Of course, a bit of a cloud cast over the proceedings. Mike Clevenger arrived and was not placed on administrative leave during his domestic violence and child abuse investigation. Major League Baseball said they will not be placing him on leave during this. Well, Rick Hahn spoke on the White Sox's ability to gather this information before the signing. Listen to this. I will say that the confidentiality element to this policy is essential in order to protect not just players, but also those who feel aggrieved to give them the ability to come forward and express that there's an issue and to allow for an investigation to take place. Part of that confidentiality is that other clubs don't know about it. And there was no way for us to be aware of this incident without someone being in violation of that policy. And no one was, uh, which again, is part of the strength of the policy, and it's how it operates. A couple of problems here. Chelsea Janes, a writer, uh, added yesterday that a police report was filed about the allegations of abuse against Clevenger last year. Yeah. The White Sox would have had access to that. Uh, also, Han added, quote, I understand what he did when he was asked if he was frustrated Clevenger didn't disclose he was under investigation. Shot or no shot? These answers from Rick Han just aren't good enough. Uh, that is a shot that's not good enough, but I'll just start with the signing itself. I heard the soundbite that Jay Moore just played, and he says that, well, because it's um, a confidentiality, nobody knew about this. Clearly, you know, and again, if you are on the inside and you are as a Major League Baseball team, here's the thing, Shay, everybody knows. It's either rumor or innuendo, if you get picked up from someone. But as you just laid out, there was a police report that is available for everyone to see around Major League Baseball. Listen, you have a person here. And again, I want to make sure it's clear. People will hear what they want to hear. I'll just say it for those that actually are listening. I will just say that I don't know what happened with Mike Clevenger and the mother of his children. I have no idea. I'm not saying that he's guilty or not guilty because we don't know. What I'm saying is, is that if you are aware, if you're privy to the fact that there's something going on with Clevenger and it's around domestic abuse or something that is unsavory, something that uh, the organization would frown upon, then it's not worth it. The juice is not worth the squeeze. That's my point. I don't care. You're trying to go for the big W, but this this guy here is a fifth starter. We know the this is going to be a one-off anyway and maybe a prove-it deal for Clevenger on the baseball side. But on the other side, if the, if he has an issue that's problematic, that would be a distraction to the ball club, I would not have him on my baseball team, period. So that's my thought. So, yeah, sh- there's more to that from Rick Hahn, but he's hiding with the Major League Baseball uh, or Major League Baseball saying that, hey, it's confidentiality. We do not know. We can't really talk much more about it. You know what, Shay? I'm sure that he was aware, but he tried it anyway. That's my thought. Tried it anyway. And, and, and again, just to try to bolster that rotation. But, I mean, it's out here in spring training. Who knows how it ends? I'm just saying that for me, I don't need the smoke. I don't need it. Shay. Right, and that's like everybody keeps talking about what the White Sox burden of responsibility is here. To me, and this is just me, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, Major League Baseball is the 
body that has to do a better job here. It's the White Sox have one job. That is to win baseball games. They're going to try to do that by signing whatever players Major League Baseball allows them to sign. If you have an issue and you take umbrage with the domestic violence present in baseball, your issue is with baseball. The White Sox, it's the same thing as Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland. Your issue is with the NFL allowing that to happen. Cleveland has one job, win football games. The White Sox have one job, win baseball games. I get why they do what they do. I don't have to like it. That's a different conversation. But that that's where I think the burden for the White Sox lies. This is a problem with baseball. The White Sox are going to operate under the rules they're allowed to operate under. I understand that, but but see, I believe that Rick Hahn and others knew what was going on with Clevenger. You just laid out the police report. Yeah, no, that's the the other part is yeah. you have the PR awareness of a walnut when you're out there going it's fair. Well, we couldn't. We had no ability to access this information. The one that really stuns me is uh, the quote, I understand what he did about not disclosing that he was under investigation. You don't have to say any. You can no comment that if you want to. You can't go, I get why he wouldn't tell us. That's a terrible quote. There's no way around that being an awful quote. I I don't disagree at all with that. Um, Some things you don't, it has to be unsaid. Now, Rick Hahn is... Whatever you think of Rick, I mean, it's long form. He's going to tell you a lot that's on his mind. But you're defending the player, and rightfully so. He's your White Sox player. I'm just saying that if I'm him, I don't bring him on the ball club if I have knowledge of what's happened before. Uh, and again, and by the way, I want to make sure it's clear. This is not just the first time that we've seen this. There's many examples of general managers or ownership saying, yeah, that guy is a shady character, but you know what? That guy's a winner. Put him on our team. Arolas Chapman is the first guy that comes to mind with the Chicago Cubs. You know what's going on with him? People held their nose, and they enjoyed Chapman helping the Cubs win the World Series. And the same thing here with Clevenger, in which, again, we don't know what's going on, but if there's any red flags around it, especially for this team that needs good PR, there's no way that he's on the roster. Shay, what else? All right, we're up against it. I want to have a little fun before we get out of here. This, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about the need for movies to bring back traditional romantic comedies. Have you seen this from Reese Witherspoon? She wants the rom-com back. Rom-com. Uh-huh. It's been pushed to the side in this comic book era of movies. Well, The Ringer released a list of the top 50 romantic comedies since 1970. Oh, wait a minute now. Okay. And the top five, Hoodie, are Jerry Maguire, Clueless, You've Got Mail, Pretty Woman, and at number one, When Harry Met Sally. Shot or no shot, When Harry Met Sally is the best rom-com ever. Uh, that's a no shot for me. I know others would say that's a no shot for me. Jay Moore, if I, if I told you the best romantic comedy, uh, it's, it's rom-com. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking a romantic movie. Love Jones is not a rom-com. That's just a romantic movie. Right. All right. So, okay. So, I'll, I'll remove them from that because that's my favorite romantic movie, of, if, if any. God. Give me, that, give me quickly that five again because when Harry met Sally, Pretty Woman on there? Yeah, the top five. Jerry Maguire, Clueless, You've Got Mail, Pretty Woman, and then at number one, When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> I mean, if you're working with that list, I would have to go with Pretty Woman. I mean, yeah. It's just if you work with that top five, but it's not my top five. Damn it, Shay! This needs to be a segment. You boxed me in. I gotta give more thought to it now. <laughs> well, let's do it. We can do around the NFL at eight fifty. No, no, no. I mean, our ATs. We got around the NFL. I just like if, I, if you give me that five, I would agree with Jay Moore that it would be Pretty Woman. That five. 
Jerry Maguire rom-com? That was what I... Jerry Maguire, I think of as a romance and a sports movie, not a rom-com. I don't think so either. Put that on the poll at ESPN 1000. Jerry Maguire a rom-com? <laughs> Let's see how that comes back. I don't think it is. I don't think so. I don't think it is. Man, a lot of seriousness in that one. Damn it, Shay, you boxed me in. There's some good ones on here. While you were sleeping, is Groundhog Day. Is that a rom-com? Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yeah. It's not. Kind of not. Kind of not. I'm going to say no. Yeah. It's been a while since I saw it. I've only seen it one time. I did recently watch When Harry Met Sally. I'm not usually a rom-com guy. You can ask my wife. I don't sit down and watch a lot of these. Yeah. Um, When Harry Met Sally, we watched together one night a few months ago, and I did think it was fantastic. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Boomerang is a a, uh, rom-com from Eddie Murphy. Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. So we'll go around the NFL, but we're going to circle back to this because you boxed me in on that one. Yeah, boxed me in. And in that five, I'm going to go with Pretty Woman in that top five. That would be my number one in that, in that five that you gave us. But there's other ones. i got to come up with my own list now. Uh, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We will go around the NFL. Also still to come, we will have Deal Breakers. It's a Deal Breakers Thursday on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show.